Welcome everybody to the cast from the coast. My name is Adam Miles and I am joined as always by Josh Lambert, Aaron Peerless, Tim Johnson. Tim, what are we talking about tonight? We are going to talk about a movie that was made last year but came out this year. And I don't know why, but it's on it's on Shutter. It's pretty good. It's the Mortuary Collection. Stay tuned. Give us the synopsis, Tim. I will. Okay. An eccentric mortician recounts several macabre and phantasmagorical (laughs) tales that he's encountered during his distinguished career. Okay. I'm just going to point out, uh, Tim, I'm so fucking proud of you. Phantasmagorical, and you got it right the first fucking time. Phantasmagorical. Yeah, go you to the motherfucker. You still want to preach to us, Adam? How how it, it definitely wasn't influenced by phantasm. You still you still want to die on that rock? <laughs> I, di- I didn't say it wasn't influenced by phantasm, like the character. I don't think the movie was. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? I, I think the movie that was, was not influenced by phantasm. Yeah. The character might have been. I think it was pretty clear I, what he was telling us. Uh, yeah, I think they I think they kind of added the phantasmagoric whatever it is you know that word's what? been around since before phantasm right just what? saying what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's how josh wins an argument what <laughs> all right moving on let's talk about this story here so we actually have multiple stories in this we actually have uh three main four main stories plus the kind of the wraparound is really what it would be around story the reach around story all right Uh, i say let's uh let's talk a little bit about the segments as they are individually first and uh and then we can kind of in the order that they were seen in the film in the order that they were seen in the film sure yeah okay all right can i just get this out of the way first go ahead it's really good to watch a fucking movie that felt very old school. Like the whole kind of like, you know, anthology style, Tales from the Crypt type of vibe. Like it was, it had that going for it going in. That I was very excited. But wasn't. anyways, let's let's yeah. let's talk about the stories. Adam? Just to add to that, Tim, that wasn't Adam? shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, okay, so... They consider the first technical story to be the introduction of Clancy Brown's character, the uh, the uh, the mortician. 
as it would be, or the the, the man who runs the mortuary itself, too. Uh, what was his name? Mon- oh, Montgomery Dark. Montgomery Dark. See, cool Montgomery ass name Burns. Yeah. It's, a, it's a perfect name, Carl. So we we get introduced to him, and he's got uh, he's got a, a very dark sense of humor to the situation without being humorous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the opening scenes with the credits, and you got the little boy on the cart or on the bike, and he's driving through the town, and it feels it feels very much so like Castle Rock. Dare yeah, I was just gonna say it, yes. felt, it yeah. felt so fucking goosebumps. <coughs> oh, it felt so kiddie. <coughs> so it, what? That drive... opening scene. <clears throat> it was great. He drives by like the the, uh, the the lobster trap, and it's like some sort of like a Cthulhu little fucking elder god creature in there and shit. Adam, I I am for once gonna agree with you. I absolutely got Dairy Main vibes from that opening. Hundred percent. It, it more more than what some who push to do that you know ever obtain yeah. this movie actually did feel that way did they actually <laughs> specifically say what town it was in or was it just any any Ra- town you raven's edge so raven raven's end raven's end is what it was so yeah so mm-hmm. you come up to the cool ass sign raven's end and it's kind of like you see the cliff sides over it and everything it's really awesome um, so the little boy, he's like the, uh, the paper boy. He comes up to the end of, uh, the laneway and he sees the papers are still there. So he walks up and you get, it's the mortuary and the, uh, the, the home and, uh, knocks on the door, nothing. He goes to look in and he goes to take a picture and he sees Clancy Brown staring back at him through the mail slot and it freaks him out and he goes to run and his camera's stuck and shit. And it's hilarious. Cause it kind of, at that point, like, you know, Clancy Brown's just the old guy just kind of walks out. You forgot your camera. You know, and it's just introduction, right? Um, I found I found Clancy Brown has always been a really good character actor. I love him ever since like the old Carnival days and shit like that. So, seeing this kind of a character was kind of really really cool for me. You know, seeing him come back to something like this. Um, <clears throat> he goes offbeat with his speech at a child's funeral. Which is yet another thing, which kind of endears to the character as to, you know, there's something really odd and off about this. He talks about, uh, you know, being like, you know, immortal, basically. And uh, not the immortal soul, but like how we're all immortal and shit. And it's kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> but from there, what I thought, thought was really cool about this is that, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit before we kicked off, was that characters... It, there, there's so much cross pollinization of the characters in this. So like when you're actually looking at like the people, cause I watched this for like the second time when I, when I watched this for the review, when you're looking at the people that are actually in the, uh, in the, uh, the seats for the, uh, for the funeral, for the, for the child, you, you see the obvious characters who are there. And if you recognize them or you pay attention, they show up in all the stories. They pretty much show up in like every story. It's, cool. it's, it's kind of interesting. <clears throat> so that's that's the first part that we get, is we get that, and we get introduced to a young lady, Sam, who basically wants to work there, as she so says. There's a, there's a for hire sign out front, and she's looking to join, and he begins to tell the tales of basically reasons why people end up there, as it is. Everybody's got a story, he says. Stories of their death. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. And for all those paying attention right now, we can't we can't help but uh, but bring up the fact that Clancy Brown very much so is reminiscent of Angus Scrim from the, oh from absolutely the that was movies. the first thing I think I messaged you when I watched it was oh my god this guy could play a rebooted like tall man hundred percent we don't want that we totally do actually I'm pretty sure I do at this point. <laughs> I mean, we don't have you Angus Scrim anymore. If they're going to do a Phantasm Tim. reboot, you do it. Tim, we thought we were safe when Mr. Scrim passed away. I know. We're not safe. <laughs> but what if what if they reboot it and actually make it make sense? Yeah, what if they reboot it and then make seven more sequels, Tim? And they don't what make sense. And, it, and it's even worse. <laughs> it takes three movies to explain the original first. <laughs> okay, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first story itself that we get introduced to beyond that is, uh, and and the one thing is that I thought that was really cool about this is that they don't give the titles or the, the sequences titles and segments to, uh, like uh, title cards. You know, like where you got Creep Show, you get you know like something to tide you over or. You know, whatever have you, right? Or, you know, Lonely Death of Jordy Verrill. In this one, it's just, here's the story, and it, like, cuts right in. Is that how it went? Here's the story. <laughs> just about. That's exact quote. <laughs> just a Pretty sure it's the exact quote. So, in the first story, we have uh, we have a young woman who's uh, basically going to the bathroom at a party. Starts off a little party area, and she goes into the bathroom, and you come to find out that she's a klepto. So, she's pulling up the garbage can and she's looking through people's wallets and discarding what she doesn't want. And she gets a little too curious when she hears a noise coming from the, uh, the, uh, bathroom medicine cabinet. Medicine cabinet. And it's, I guess it's one of those stories. Cause the, the one thing I really like is that as well, at the end of the story, he always tries to, they always try to come up with some sort of a, uh, a lesson to be learned, a moral to the story. And there's not necessarily a moral, even though he kind of blatantly gives something randomly. Um, so the first one, uh, yeah, so she, she's a klepto, she's going through, and when she opens up the actual, uh, door, it, it's just black, and then something, tentacle monster comes, it, what is Tim doing? <laughs> a tentacle monster. <laughs> That's his tentacle monster. I was monster having a technical difficulty, technical difficulty, and the technical difficulty gave me the finger. Oh! <laughs> So I gave the finger back to the technical difficulty. Right, okay. Yeah, he keeps saying she's a klepto, but she's just a hustler. Like, she she knows what she's doing. Yeah. That's why she's, like, rooting through the medicine cabinet and shit. Yeah, she's just, uh, she, she's like, she's like, she's like a spy. Catwoman. She's not really a a bra size D. She's like a a bra size A or something, right? all, All everybody's goods are tucked into her bra, so. She's probably got tires and shit in there. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with this. So I was like, okay. It works for well, her, apparently. a lot of money. She's stuffing the money oh, yeah. and watches and, you know. Yeah. And she's a hustler. And do her brassiere. She's a hustler. Brassiere. Yeah. So this, so it's interesting, though, because this is like the shortest of them, by any means. This is the shortest story. And I think it was mainly meant to just kind of tell a quick tale to set the tone for what the movie would be. You know what I mean about about the deaths and how they come about, but I thought it was an effective one because I really liked the look of the tentacles that were coming out and grabbing onto her and pulling her in, and when they actually get her to the medicine cabinet, I'm like, oh, how are they going to get her through there? And it like pulls her in half, which was Crunch. very reminiscent of another horror movie, um, 
shit. I was just I just thought of this there before we were filming. Men in black. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, I'll think of it. There's there's another really great scene in a horror movie where somebody was pulled in to uh, to a thing like that, and they were <clears throat> pulled in. It was really cool. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, the raft when the guy was like pulled down, like uh, from uh, Creep Show Two. Where the guy was like well, pulled and like his leg was folded up under him and he was like pulled right. right down and stuff like this. He was folded right up and shit. It was pretty cool. So it kind of reminded me of that, right? So yeah, so she doesn't survive that. Hence the the stories, as it were. Anything that you guys want to talk about about that segment? Um, I like that it was it was um it just reminded me of, like just a weird little like Stephen King short story. Like it was just weird. It was like taking something the setup, she comes in, it's revealed that she's a thief, she's at the party, she's stealing all the stuff, and then, you know, fucking Cthulhu pulls her through the little <laughs> yeah, medicine cabinet, right? Like, it was just, it was a weird little story. I liked it. Again, it to me, it harkened back to, um, like, Tales from the Crypt. Like, it was just yeah. that weird kind of little story. Yeah. I liked it. And it was yeah. a scene... A, a story and a scene that was totally supported by one actor mm-hmm. doing her thing and carrying that whole thing. Yeah, no, I liked it. The blood dripping was really good. It was very effective. Looked like real blood dripping. Yeah, it yeah. was effective. Yeah. And yeah, the folding of a body backwards is definitely. Eh, that's it. <laughs> it was crazy. But I, I feel that that effect was like, like obviously you had like practical. And it was probably cleaned up by CG. Lots but of like, CG. Yeah. What sold that was her acting and the sound effects. The sound effects, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. She, when you get folded backwards, like you got to think. That just every time I see that in a movie or something, it just yeah. hurts. It's just like, oh, we're not supposed hurts. to bend that way. Yeah. Oh. The foley artistry really kind of makes you go, ugh. You know, it's how did they get so. that sucker in that medicine cabinet? Yeah, really. Jeez. That's, That's like asking how that. Mis- yeah, or is that like Josh? a portal to another dimension in there? A la house, right? A la house. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. good call. It was like house. Yeah. Books of blood. Like lighthouse. Books of blood. That's right. They had the creatures in the walls. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> oh man. All right. So then we uh, the second segment that we're introduced to as uh, as they kind of banter back and forth a little bit and tell the woes and tales. Uh, the second sequence, we have a bunch of frat boys that we're introduced to Ooh. that are handing out condoms and promoting safe sex with the idea that, uh, you know, if you're giving them condoms, it makes them want to go to the parties because they feel safer, you know, that you're, 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 you're concerned for their well-being, apparently. Gentlemen, you're being a gentleman. You're being a gentleman. So here, have a condom on a gentleman. <laughs> Like a gentleman. Yeah. Like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. It doesn't mean anything sexual is going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you didn't put that out there, Aaron. Oh, thank you, Aaron. I was hoping I was hoping that I was hoping Adam would have did it. But I'm glad I'm glad it was done anyway. I left it in his ballpark. Yeah. As long as I could. You you left it in my ballpark and I missed I missed the rebound. I missed the rebound on that one. Oh man. Okay. Uh, so all under the guise of safety. It's all under the guise of safety. 
Yes. Yep. So with that, we get introduced to uh, another young lady character who uh, he kind of comes to the rescue of because one of his overzealous frat brothers is really kind of dicking around and I don't know. He's just an odd character, right? Oh, he's just not as worthy and as charming as the other guys. So he's doing the same thing. It's like when you see Bubbles trying to do what Ricky does. He's like, oh, you know Jim or Jim knows you. And he's getting pulled out of the car and handcuffed. Yeah, I, I almost, uh, I almost like him. I almost like him to uh, Brick Tamblin from Anchorman. You want to go to the pants party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost where it went in this movie. Um, so as as luck would have it, they meet up a little bit later uh, at the actual party. She shows up and uh, they hook up. And uh, he, do they ever? He yeah yeah he throws away the condom when she's not looking. I don't know how a whole night of sex she doesn't realize that he's no longer wearing the condom. But uh, it goes from like I think the clock skips from like eleven p.m. to like fucking three p.m. Going like every <laughs> half an hour on the half hour. It's just different scenarios going on out of out of focus scenarios. in the background. Scenarios. I believe most scenarios. people call them positions. <laughs> They went through the almost the entire Kama Sutra as as, yeah. as it was, and uh, the book out. He's like, "Can we do a uh, random <laughs> scenario here? Just open up the page." Magic uh, missile. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. You gotta have a weird sexual. Name. You come up with them all the time. Come on, sexual. Oh, I what? No, I don't. <laughs> I've got come a plus on. one wand. <laughs> uh, it'll come to me it'll come to me i'll just blurt it out okay yeah, that'll make go. it funnier too Random. completely yeah. out of context yeah please do he'll that. like interrupt me later i got it <laughs> something <laughs> random thrown out there uh so he wakes up the next day she's already gone she wrote her number on the wall he cut her on the mirror he kind of smears it because he doesn't ever really give a shit to call her back and then the stomach pains happen and we come to realize pretty quickly this guy caught something from her. What he caught? I don't know. The worst STD of them all. Oh my the worst god. Worst STD was, of them all. So from all the peeny pile driving, boys. All the oh. peeny pile driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, and it doesn't take long, too. So there's def- there's definitely, it isn't just, you know, oh, he can get pregnant from her, as it turns out that he is pregnant. It's like, this thing takes like a day to come to fruition within him. And, like, he, he starts to, like, really get, you know, his stomach really grows. And there's that one moment where his, his brothers are, like, in the frat. And they're like, you reached the magical number! And they, they're, like, hoisting him up to, like, put up his pennant on the wall. And he, like, so fucking... I don't know, it's like he almost loses his water. <laughs> but it's no, not. he shit all over them. <laughs> he shit and terrible. everything. It's the scenario, it's like, my water broke. But he's shitting and... Oh, it juicy. was oh, awesome. it was disgusting. <laughs> And they're all sitting there. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a jizz jamboree. Oh. <laughs> so as it turns out, he co- he gets in contact with her. He go ends up going to her house, and her parents are kind of like, "Oh, not this shit again." It's like, oh, how often does this happen? And they deliver a baby in one of the most traumatizing scenes that a lot of men will ever see in their life. Oh, it was it was so bad. Oh. So, how does it come out? Well, the same way it went in, honey. Penis exploding. It was yes. bad. You were the old wiener hole. The effects, oh. the effects were remo- when it showed him kind of sitting there and you could just barely see, like, this huge opening in him. 
was like disgustingly great. Yeah. Like it was, it was disgusting because you really, it wasn't just, you know, penis explode. It was like, you know, he, he fucking ruptured right out the groin and everything. Like it was, it was nasty looking. Oh, look at Josh. Even Josh is squinting harder than normal. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, he is too. Yeah. Gross. And, uh, and the kind of nice little twist ending to that one is that we see, uh, up in the, like a, like a, like an attic nursery <laughs> it's like a nursery in the attic and it's these weird monster looking hands reaching up and shit so it's like okay so what do you reckon that they're like demons or witches or shapeshifters creatures of some kind i didn't think of that i thought they were maybe witches or something some sort of a demon shapeshifter yeah. creature monster thing yeah. Obviously, they've got a sexual hunger to them too, because she's out just banging dudes. Come and on, he could have said it, and he did. Sexual <laughs> hunger. Uh, That's not a T-shirt. That's sexual. not a T-shirt. <laughs> sexual <laughs> healing. Okay. Um, segment okay. three. So let's talk about segment three here. So segment three kind of breaks it up a little bit here because segment one you have kind of like a. Uh, a moralistic story. I mean, they all kind of have a little bit of a weird moralistic nature to them. That's the point. Yeah. They all have a moral of the story. Yeah. Um, so the first one, uh, you know, you got like the tentacle creatures. So it's like a mythological creature being the second one. There's something having to do with maybe demons or some other folklore creature going on here. The third one takes it up a notch a little bit, in my opinion, a sad story. Guy gets married to, to the woman of his life. You know, the, the woman that he adores and loves. Beautiful woman, beautiful wedding. And then she falls into this weird comatose state. Uh, medical, you know, medical comatose state. And she's basically a vegetable for all intents and purposes. And um, he's, he's basically spending all of his days now working and taking care of her. Um yeah and he's he's got it hard and and the doctor basically shows up at his house one day and says you know if you give her a couple of extra of these pills nobody would ever know that that's what did it and uh he kind of takes the hint and goes to uh feed her the pills and uh to end both of their suffering as it would be and uh she starts to come out of it almost like instantly it's yeah. almost like that extra boost of energy. And then she starts to die from the pills. They start to take effect. And what the fuck was that? A squirrel? A hare. An Arctic hare. An Arctic yeah. hare. It was, that's right. It was a rabbit. Yeah. He got her that little thing and she like fucking flops on it. So it's it's not like she was oh. going to survive that one anyways, guys. Couldn't get her stomach pumped real quick if they needed to. Fucking Arctic hare in her forehead. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Clean, your, clean your decorations up for crying out loud. That's dangerous. <laughs> So instead of just reporting the situation, like, oh shit, she fell on it or she died, he decides to cut up her body and put it in a fucking trunk and he's going to go bury it or dunk it in the water or something. And on his way out through the elevator, the elevator breaks down. The one elevator he never wants to use in this fucking apartment complex because it always gives him problems. I like how they foreshadowed that, by the way. Like, there was a callback mm. to that. And, uh... Her, she comes back to life in a very ghostly figure. And this was, in my opinion, even though a lot of people complained saying that it was a little too cartoony looking, I fucking loved the look of this ghostly creature. It was okay. very much so like a del Toro looking creature. Like yeah. it looks yep. like something out of crimson peak or the fucking, uh, devil's backbone. I thought it was creepy. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm telling you guys, like, when I saw that creature for the first time, I thought, why hasn't anybody done something like this before? And and if, if the producers are listening, if anybody listens to this, take that one scene and use more of that kind of creature. Don't say no to something like that. That looked phenomenal. When that mm. started to show up and it had the big gnarly eye and it was all stretched out and everything, I, that creeped me out. Yeah, That was creepy. And it had like the like the time standing still effect where like her hair was kind of floating and, and it was almost like the blood was like lifting. It yeah. was like she was in the air. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and, and that just reminds me, Aaron, you say like that kind of a look? Like I said, Crimson Peak by Guillermo del Toro. Yep. That's like the look and feel of the ghost creatures in that movie. So I instantly love the look and feel of this because it was just pure del Toro. I was pleasantly shocked when this thing showed up. I was like, wow, I really dig that creature. Really yeah. dig. And, and you can see his heart breaking. He's, he's, he feels, he feels it. He's emotional to this. It's the love of his life. And then it like, it just, it ends with, you know, him sitting there with the trunk and they finally open up the doors and shit. And, Something's going on there, right? So it was well, again. It was, this was this was one of those stories that reminded me of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. It was short enough where where it you didn't know what was going to happen at the end of it, and yeah. Well, and just you know, like you know, she starts coming out of it, and he's about like the poisoner, and then she dies in the thing that he bought her, and then like. <laughs> You know him trying to get away and like in the the elevator the 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 woman's <laughs> talking to him and yeah yeah it was it was like how at the end she looks like the mortuary guy and she's like uh, well that story didn't have a moral that that's what anyone would do yeah interesting enough yeah. uh, then next on to the the last one. Uh, we have uh, we have another little kind of extended area where Sam's talking about the fact that you know the morals of the stories and and uh, they're kind of talking and complaining about stuff, and then we actually get into uh, the the last of the the main segments, which is uh, the babysitter murders, which is they call it the babysitter murders because of what's on the TV, which I thought was a great throwback to slasher films, this fake ass movie that's playing on the TV the whole time, which is very much so like akin to like, you know, a Halloween type of movie. Well, know? not to, not to, not to rush trivia time with Tim, but this whole last segment was actually a short film that came out in 2015. Was it really? Oh. Yeah. It's this, it's, it's, it's either a remake of that or it's literally, they just took that and put it in the movie, but it's well, like the same girl and everything. Well, if they <laughs> did that, director, writer, if they did that, then that's interesting. Then, then they would have built mortuary collection around it because it's the same yeah. girl that's in mortuary collection too. Not, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll wait to hear more from t trivia time with Tim. So in this segment here, we have the girl Sam Cut appears. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Don't want to ruin the trivia time. So we have uh, Sam, yeah. the girl that we've actually been uh, seeing throughout this time period here. Um, and it's her story as to why she's there. Cause she's, she finally admits that the kid that's in the casket, she feels responsible for his death. And she came to kind of see him one last time and shit like this. And she tells the story of what actually happened. And, uh, it all has to do with a home invasion during a babysitting scenario. But the twist is, dun, 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 she's actually the home invader. The yeah. babysitter was an older guy that you thought was the home invader the entire time. Until the very end, when you come to find out that the doctor, who appeared in all the other fucking uh, segments. Uh, segments, 
breaks into his own house and finds the babysitter, the other guy, dead. And he goes, oh my gosh, it's the babysitter. Come to find out that she's the cannibal murderer that's all over the news throughout the segment. And she basically murdered the child and was like cutting him up and eating him. Tooth fairy. Yeah, the tooth fairy. I love it. I love it. This was an absolute great fucking twist of a story to it. And it, it, it actually did. I did not catch on at first. It, it took me by surprise, the twist. Hey guys, I'm Felissa Rose, Angela from Sleepaway Camp. And you're listening to They Cast From The Coast. Yeah! Get your effects notes. Get your notes. I do. All right. Go, go. I do. There were, there were quite a few makeup people, hair people on this. Probably uh, I, when I looked it up, I think there was about 20. Uh, but there were a couple of key people on here for special effects. One was uh, Bruce Spaulding, and the other one was Mo Meinhardt. And uh, Bruce is, is responsible oh, for Yeah. Bruce is, respo- or Bruce is responsible for some movies like Shape of Water, Captain Marvel, uh, The Cave, Avengers, uh, and the movie Us, where Mo Meinhardt... Uh, she's been uh, she's done things like Tales uh, of Halloween, Ascension, Alaska, Walking Dead. She did that for a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, and American Horror Story. She worked on that as well. So nice, nice. we got some pretty prolific um, makeup artists going on uh, on this film, and you can absolutely tell uh, everything was uh, it was shot a, a lot darker um, with the film and the, and the different lighting effects and things, it was really dark. So you can get away with, with some really cool looking effects that actually sell a lot better, right? You get the shine of the blood in the dark and you can really get a feel for, for the different effects that are going on. But, um, as per my notes, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Adam, I really like the credits. I like the way that they designed them and stuff at the beginning. It did feel a little goosebumpy. I'll give Josh that. But I did like the way that their font was and everything with, with that. Uh, nice cinematography with the kid rolling through town. Um, that kind of piqued me. When I see the first couple things come up on a film, I'm like, okay, this is going to be all right. This is going to be good, I think. Um, another thing is a decent soundtrack. Um, I thought the soundtrack was uh, was decent as well. And it was from um, – it was it's a, just a, a little movie sound company i think they've only done three or four uh soundtracks for different movies but they were awesome like it's it's good music right yeah oh yeah it was um excellent old age makeup on clancy brown uh at a couple points i could see where the bald cap was attached to his head oh stop you did not (laughs) yeah i did it's the way that they lit it it's the way that they lit it now Um, you're just making fun of his his naturally receding hairline you 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 mean man (laughs) He was just wrinkled. Yeah, it was really good makeup, though. Really good. Uh, I would say that that would be a two and a half to three hour makeup um, to to get him to look like a four hour, I guess. Right. It would probably be it would probably be, uh, you know, two and a half, three hour. I'm I'm saying for sure. It would probably be probably take quite a quite a while to take off as well. Um, I thought the transitions were really cool. The bathroom lights, uh, I noticed in the first scene where Cthulhu comes out of the makeup cabinet, I noticed that the 
for being at a prestige location, this light was up and over a little bit further than the other one. So I was just paying attention to major detail, and I was like, what the heck's going on there? I'm not hiring that carpenter ever. Uh, <laughs> blood drips in the sink. I already mentioned that. That looked perfect. They used the right kind of blood to make it drip and crown the way it was supposed to and, and things like that. It actually uh, looked like real blood. Um, well, if she was looking for medication, she definitely found some. I got that note there. Uh, more of like a chiropractor, right? Kind of working the back a little bit to make it uh, so she's a little more flexible, I guess. Um, great effects on the cabinet monster. I've got CGI. That's a lot of CGI right there. Uh, great effects on the prego stomach. thought the veining on the stomach and everything was really cool. And if you look... <laughs> if you look at the you look at the uh uh as he progresses with his pregnancy you can see the belly like kicking and moving and <laughs> yeah. Tim, you make me, make me lose it he's getting uncomfortable so, never mind <laughs> he's getting pretty, uncomfortable it'd be pretty easy to kind of hide the pregnancy a little bit along the top when he pulled his shirt up because the shirt would rest on the seam was where this wow. thing would rest on his stomach. Right. But it looked really good. Uh, gross food scene, <laughs> uh, orbital prosthetics on, uh, on the guy's face. It's a nice, uh, it's on par. So when he's laying on that table and he's ready to burst, right. You can see just the slight orbital prosthetics that he's got. And if they're not, prosthetics which i mean i was watching on this screen here um then it's really well done in color because it makes it look like the orbital bones sinking and and he's got this really cool effect um really cool you could have done those in in like a uh, just a hot foam or a, or a silicone prosthetic um you could have even gotten away with a 3d transfer on it as well uh, for pro from prosate they were thin enough and and stuff like that so mm -hmm. um disgusting birth scene the yeah, awesome yeah. no the awesome that's so not awesome the gross <laughs> birth scene the pecker wrecker is what i called it the pecker I... wrecker <laughs> yes because <laughs> that was oh. Oh. yeah you want to see what a slug looks like after you blow the it up a firecracker. yeah uh, dark and dimly lit scenes offer more to the imagination with makeup and etc i really got that feeling out of it looked really good carol's makeup is good uh, impaled by the Arctic hair. That's a first. And I loved it. And yep. then when they, you know, took it out and you, and they spent all that time looking at it, you could see the pulsing of the blood coming out of the wound and everything. Just absolutely. That's when I knew it was cool. real. When yeah. This, when this film really got real for me. Cause was, the effects work up until then was kind of like CG. Yeah. Yeah. A little lackluster, but that was some serious gore. That looked really good. That looked absolutely fantastic. Um, let's see here. Good gore prosthetics on the hair when it was removed. Uh, nice leakage of the blood. Uh, one hell of a creepy ass makeup on Carol in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're jumping to that. And um, your arms look fantastic as well. Uh, it looks like they used something like a third degree silicone on the arms to make to give it that, you know, like the flesh was kind of uh, like a slip skin kind of thing. You can grab somebody's flesh if they've been dead for a while and it just slips right off. But that whole creature, that really made the hair stand up on the back of my neck, kind of like uh, this first scene in the ring when that they find that thing in the uh, closet, right? And she mm -hmm. just goes, right? It kind of creeped me out. 
Nice. Um, I thought when the babysitter murders came up on the screen, I thought, why are they announcing this this little segment as the babysitter <clears throat> murders? This is weird. And then I got that she was watching a TV show that had that come up on. So um, I thought the killer's mask in that was really creepy and yeah, good, too. I thought it was really cool. Like, I want, like, a full movie. I do, too. And I thought that guy. exact same thing. Yeah. I thought that yeah, exact same thing. Really I thought that would be really good. Uh, at the very end, when you see the eyes and stuff, I wish it was kind of, I wish his eyes were kind of dark, you know, yeah. dark and a bit behind the mask. But yeah. other than that, I thought it was absolutely cool. Uh, the hand in the grinder. Oh, man, I was cringing. Yeah. And again, it goes back to sound effects and stuff, like what we were talking about earlier, Sam and you guys. Like, man. Um, the ear that was bit off was a little off color, I found, but it was still effective. They showed it so quickly that you'd never be able to, you know, really kind of pair it up, I guess. Um, love the tie-in with the film on the TV. So when the things were going on on the TV, she was doing the exact same things live in front of us in the movie. So I thought that was a kind of a neat little thing that they put together. Uh, crazy beatdown in the bedroom. Uh, they were getting damaged and cut up and blood everywhere. And uh, awesome camera angle when the, when the TV crushes the buddy's head. Uh, I, I've got written down here, bloody disgusting. Nice. And I love it. Uh, nice twist, Tooth Fairy. Love that. And then the ember creatures are cool. Thought they were kind of a nice little, you know. Um, when they're showing the porcelain teeth that she collected and stuff, I could actually tell that those were ordered in porcelain teeth, the same ones that I order in. And they were little. They were sitting there, and they had just a flat side on them that you can embed in some acrylic, right? Yeah. Absolutely, it, it was funny, right? It, to any anybody else, they would just see it as a tooth, right? But uh, that was kind of cool. Um, and then the bald cap line, uh, I saw it most at the very end scene when he stepped outside. <laughs> it had some weird lighting up the top, and it showed this line right across, I, right across the forehead. I of don't that. believe you. Uh, nice silicone effects and end of film so when she was being sewn back up and all the you know kind of the puzzle pieces on her face that like what do you zoom in on the pixel level and you're like oh that's not accurate something here is not right this looks suspicious (laughs) yeah so yeah those are my notes I thought it was good I thought it was a pretty good movie I I enjoyed it Definitely an enjoyable flick. Definitely enjoyable flick. Uh, Tam, are you ready Fuck to yeah. rock? Trivia time with Tam. That was that was. I like that. That was really intense. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the mortuary is actually the Flavel House Museum in Astoria, Oregon. Astoria. Ooh. Same as the Goonies. And that was my next piece of trivia. It's actually filmed in Astoria, Oregon, the same location where the Goonies, 1985, is and was filmed. It's good enough for me. Wicked. Wicked. Good enough. (laughs) All right, fine. Uh, Clancy Brown's makeup took two and a half hours to apply and one more hour to remove. I can see it. Uh, The doctor's office in the second segment was filmed in the kitchen of the house from the babysitter segment. (laughs) Okay, that's cool. Mm. Uh, Most of the books... Yeah. (laughs) Most of the books in the film were left over from the series The Librarians from 
2018. Clancy Brown kept his fake teeth he wore in this film. Cool. He's walking around the house right now with them in. Um, Caitlin Fisher, Sam, was seven months pregnant while filming some of the scenes. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Um, The basement of the mortuary is actually filmed on a set in the dining room. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Caitlin Fisher kept the wristband she wore in the film. And the pennants uh, hanging in the fraternity house bear the surnames of several members of the cast and crew. And <laughs> like the one that I mentioned earlier, um, the Babysitter Murders from 2015 is a 22-minute short done also by Ryan Spindle, who is <laughs> the writer-director of this one. Um, and it, it, it has uh, pretty much everybody... The same. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, it was just it was a short film. Didn't have to look that up now. Yeah. Well, Excellent. we saw it. Yeah, you saw you saw it already. Look it up. Well, you know. I'm okay. gonna look it up anyway. I'm gonna Watch do it. Movie again, I guess. Did anybody find like what the budget was on this film? Because I couldn't I, find. I can look. I know what the worldwide gross was right up to, to right now, and I don't know when exactly it was released, but I mean, $84,000 for a worldwide gross right now is not that great. No. Well, I don't think that it did anything except for go to shutter. Right. So it probably wouldn't have had much of a gross, if anything. Right. Yeah, those contracts usually they just get like a check in the mail every month, I think. Yeah, they, they get every a pit. Every month that you're a... on shutter, you get 1% of your views or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah gonna... there's not there's nothing on here that says uh, the budget. The budget, yeah. yeah. Fifteen. Is it fifteen? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Fifteen fifteen million. So fifteen million. Yeah, was, I'm done. It was produced that's by Shutter. That, that, that's it's trivia time with me. Trivia time with Tim. Wow. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Now is time to give our final thoughts and wrap this up a. Bit. So I'm going to start with Josh. Mm. Um, started this film. I really didn't like it. Not gonna lie, it seemed too kiddy. I didn't like the fucking bogus Angus Scrim. And then it got into the first story, and it was some lady getting socked into a wormhole with a Cthulhu thing. Didn't really make much sense. But as it progressed, the story got better. The tales got better the effects got better the characters got i loved by the end of it i loved bogus grim he was excellent bogus grim <laughs> man um yeah i really liked the way the old twist got me and the, the reach around segment it was all very good i'd like to see more of this character but he kind of dies at the end of it so that's kind of lame um, could be can, a prequel. They they, they yeah. could bring, but they could bring him back. You've done poor. They've sent me back to continue. I think he was a mortal soul at one point, and he did something to get into that role. Mm. Mm. Just say. like the one before him, and the one after. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I really like this film. All in all, I'll give it an hour. I'd recommend it. Go nice. watch it. Nice. Uh, you got to get past the first 20 minutes or so, I think. I, I That really threw me off. The, the music I didn't like in the opening the, just felt so off to the rest of the film, I think. But you guys liked it, so who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I'll go next, gentlemen. So... I thought this movie was actually a breath of fresh air for all the points that we as horror fans love a good anthology film. And I mean, what do we love about anthology films? We love the fact that it's not one story, it's multiple stories, sometimes combined or overlapping, etc. But it, it, it once again harkens to the tales from the crypts, the reading of the EC magazines and, and, and everything that we love about about this horror universe that we that we, you know, hold dear so much the fact that we could get a well done well scripted well acted great special effects anthology today fantastic thumbs up all the way because every year or two there seems to be a handful of anthology films that get released and the horror community goes this is it this is going to be great and it's just that much enthusiasm yeah they're all adam they hear uh, it and they get full mass and they're so excited. <laughs> no, but like, it and they're like, oh, I love a good anthology film. I mean, I'm just going to throw one out there. There was another one on Shutter that was released earlier in the year called Scare Package. Like the art for it, the the trailer for it, and just the idea behind a lot of it. I was like sold. I can't wait for this movie. I watch it. I fucking laughed at the stupidity throughout the whole movie. Like it was just, it wasn't even worth the time and effort. I'll never watch it again. This movie, I've watched it twice now, and I liked it just as much the second time as I did the first time. I, I never felt any different about it. In fact, I was picking up on more things, and I enjoyed the effects work a little bit more the second time around, kind of getting a clearer view of it after knowing what to look for. The the the, the twist and the, the, the kind of the heartbreak that happens in the movie, the twist that happens in it, um, I enjoyed it just the same and it still strikes me, right? Um, this movie is the breath of fresh air that we need when it comes, like I said, to anthology films today. I give it an R. Flat out. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting that entire like fucking time. To wire. Yes. <laughs> I saw an anthology once. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was like a Rodriguez intro right there. Right. Thank you. Um, I, I, I agree with what was said so far. Um, I thought when Adam first told me to watch this, like back in October, um, I was like, here we go with his adult goosebumps again. again. Yeah. Um, but I gave it a chance because I really, really like Clancy Brown. Um, it started off, it was nothing special. Like, okay, cool, it's going to be an anthology. But like Josh said, like, once it started going and building steam, like, oh, shit. And then it ends with the, babysit the babysitter murders. And I'm like, you're doing references to fucking Michael Myers now and shit? Like, um, I thought the cinematography was great. It was a very well-produced movie. Um, I thought uh, as limited as um, I felt a lot of the special effects were, um, 
because I don't remember a lot of special effects. They were really good from what I remember. Like especially like you know the 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 poor guy's fucking wife that went face first into the the Arctic hair. Um, all that, and I wasn't even expecting that. Um, I, I I thought that was all well done. I thought the music was great. I thought uh, the two main actors, Clancy Brown and Caitlin Cluster, were really good. Um, the twist, <laughs> the twist was pretty good. Um, it just it it absolutely had an old school vibe to it. Um, it it invoked primarily Tales from the Crypt and like like Adam said the EC comics, but it also had a lot of like I, f- I felt like the spirit of like Vincent Price and Peter Cushion from all the Hammer films and stuff like that. Like Clancy Brown could have been a Hammer actor, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could absolutely see him being in one of those. I just I I I I started off not liking it and then I ended up really liking it and I too am also going to give it an R. Yeah. That's the same journey I took, Timothy. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> glad we think the same. As that same, same journey. That's, that's why we watch the same shit, Aaron. Well, I want to start this out by by saying that I think I'm developing a like a a, a horror list that I'm expecting in certain movies, kind of like what Josh has, but in my own different <laughs> way of things. Because every time I'm reviewing something, I'm like, okay, it's got this, it's got this, it's got this. It's starting out really well. I like the cinematography. I like the, the music. I'm, I'm digging it. And I, I, it usually, for me, and I'm finding for me, the opening sequences and things will tell me what the rest of the film's going to be like for quality, right? And I can tell, like, within the first five minutes that it's going to be all right. It's going to be good, right? Uh, not... 100% of the time, but um, I think this one definitely did that for me. Uh, I really thought the effects were, were on par throughout the whole thing, um, and that obviously is one of my big things So that I keep going to. Um, and that, of course, is one of my big votes. Uh, if the effects are good, uh, then, on, then you have to accompany it with a good story and have decent music and decent actors and things. And I didn't know... You know, Clancy Brown, I really love the guy. He's been in so many movies, you know, cameo in here and there. And and I was happy to see that he had, like, this role in this in this film where he's, like, front and center. And he's pulling off this beautiful character uh, in this mortuary. Uh, he's actually super creepy. At one point, I was hoping to see the little gnarly hand come out and stuff some turkey, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Take my good hand. <laughs> No, he, he was kind of dressed for that kind of a role too, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's what I was gonna like. I, I was, you know, am I gonna see this or what? Like, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I really liked how it was shot, like really dimly lit, um, or if if that was done in post. Um, I, I really like how they do that stuff. Uh, it just seems you to me. You know why it's, they do that? It's Some like, motherfuckers like you don't point out where the mass line is. And yeah, where well, that's the hairline for the cap is. The bald and cap they, starts there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't shit on anybody in this film. This is a good. This is like all around. These guys did fantastic. Like, I, I get. I give them an A plus plus for the for the makeup and putting that stuff on and things like that. So, but boys, I'm giving this one an R as well. Nice. Yeah, four R's. 
not uncommon with us, but when we find something that we really like, I mean, we all come to come together, share the same sentiments, and and away we go. That's your catchphrase. I like that. (laughs) I don't like that. No, I don't like that. He said said the thing. He said the thing. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Moving on. (laughs) Well, gentlemen. Great night of reviewing this movie. I think that this is a movie that a lot of people need to take the time and see. And it is on Shudder. Shudder's not an expensive thing to get out and, and purchase. It's like six bucks a month. Buy it for a month, watch a ton of movies, wait a couple of months, get it for another month. You know, six bucks to rent a whole shit ton of movies that come on to Shudder, it's pretty damn good. Uh, so, hey. Or you could support it all year round. That too, like I do. Fuck that, they don't sponsor us. Hey, Shudder. Shutter might want to sponsor us. Yeah, really start sponsoring us, sir. I'm just going (laughs) to download everything illegally. (laughs) Josh, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to say shit like that. Josh said that. I did not say that. All right, guys. Everything but... I said is a, is a joke and, and uh, should be taken as just <laughs> this satire. This is satire. Yeah, satire. satire. Oh, man. Well... I would never download anything illegally. <laughs> Good review tonight, everybody. Without a VPN. <laughs> That's it. This I'm is done. when Josh goes into his, his NordVPN <laughs> he's sponsored. Uh, they don't That's fucking right. sponsor us. Fuck you. Hey, NordVPN, if you're out there. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to get in bed with that shit. Bullshit. <laughs> Fuck it off. No. Uh, fine. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight for this great discussion that we've had, and we really hope you enjoyed it. So please check out the rest of our content on Facebook, Misunderstood Our Company. Like, share, and subscribe. We're also on YouTube, Misunderstood Our Company. Like, share, and subscribe. We are producing every week new content for everybody to see on the video platforms as well as on the podcasting platforms, all the major podcasting platforms, including, but not limited to, to. Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music. It's all on there. Not limited to those, though. It's not not limited limited to those, but check them out. Check them out. And uh, we're also on Patreon. Open up your hearts and your wallets. Buy Tim a coffee because, you know, he needs coffee to get through the day. And until next time, Josh. You don't understand. I used to be fat. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Wear protection. Last thing you want is a wrecked pecker. <laughs> the pecker wrecker. Tim. Gross. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Viva la Tim. Viva la Tim. See you next time, folks. Good night.